Beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, it's nice to see all of you this morning. Last, tomorrow, last night, Saturday night, seems to be the, the packed house. We had a lot of people here last night and people, parishioners I haven't seen in a while, so it was a great blessing in uh, all of that. This Sunday we're celebrating the, uh, the feast of the Holy Apostle and Evangelist Luke, so we have two, two epistle and two gospel readings and when you reflect, what was it that drove Luke on? And that was love. God's love was deep in his heart. And that's what propelled him to write and to endure and to preach. These past few Sundays were great Sundays for someone like myself. When you had a, a young spiritual life, you liked a balance sheet because it was easy to keep track of, the do's and the don'ts. That was easy as a young man. Jesus would say, do this, do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And so I'd put it on my spreadsheet in my mind to make sure how am I doing. But that didn't suffice as I grew. And Jesus knows that. And so this Sunday, the second gospel reading we had, he elevates the conversation a little bit. And he changes it from the do's and the don'ts to farming. My dad calls me regularly. He's up there in age and he's forgetting things and stuff. But my brother will take him for a drive every afternoon. God bless my brother. Gets him out of the house. And my dad would call and report what's happening in the farm. Michael, you should see all the corn. There's so much corn. I've never seen it. Michael, they turned off the water. The corn's drying up. I don't know why. You know, he's kind of forgetting. Michael, they cut the corn. Oh, I don't know what they did with it, but now the whole thing's plowed under. It was very much taken by the cycle of life of the farm. When I was a young boy in high school, I worked on a farm outside of Moses Lake, the post farm. And I would work and work in the dirt and do all these things. And one of the things we would do would prepare a field in the fall for planting of wheat. And this was a, an exciting job, is we would go and we would pick rocks. And what we would do is we would take the tractor, the farmer would go and he would turn over the dirt, then he would take, we would take a tractor with a long flatbed trailer that could tilt, and we would go up and down the fields picking rocks and throwing them into the back of the trailer. And we were told any rock bigger than a fist, you had to pick up and throw in the trailer. Well, unfortunately, I had one of the smallest fists. So I was picking up a lot of rocks while everyone else got a little, little easement in that. And you're going along and you're picking up rocks and, and you think, oh, there's a small one, I'll grab that, and it turns out to be a giant boulder. And it takes two or three of you to get the pry bars out, lift it up, and put it in to the trailer. Well, when the trailer got full, that's the only time we got a break. We didn't have 15-minute breaks. You got to eat lunch whenever you were finished with your work. So the rest of us would stay in the field at the spot where we stopped, and the guy with the trailer would go down the tractor and dump it. He would back up to an existing pile of rocks that had been collected from years prior. Dump it, 
and come back and we would do it again. Acre after acre after acre. Then when he's done, of course, the farmer would come, level out the land and plant his wheat for the winter. But what was interesting is, is in the spring, we hear exactly what Jesus was talking about in the gospel. In the spring, when it was time to come out and start hooking up the irrigation, we would find in the roads that we had to drive on that was on the outsides of the fields, that right where the paths were, where the tires are, no wheat grew. But wheat grew right in the center between the tires. In the rock piles we just created, wheat began to grow. In the weed patches near the sides of the field, Wheat was growing as well. And of course, in the land itself that had been prepared, it was thick with wheat. Now the farmer, when he planted the wheat during the winter, as that before the snows came, that wheat, the winds could blow the wheat seed around. And some would land in the road, and some would land in the rock pile, and some would land in the weeds, and then the rest, God willing, stayed in the field. Just like Jesus talked about sowing the seed. It was an amazing imagery once I became cognizant of Jesus' gospel. You know, I've heard it before as a young boy, but you don't make any connections until that time. A farmer loves his field. He'll do everything to tend it and to nurture it so that a crop will grow because his livelihood, his very existence, depends on a crop being produced. And not just a meager crop, but a good one. And Jesus is telling us the same should be with our own hearts. The heart where God dwells. It should be our, we should love our heart where our Lord dwells in us. He sows that word. And we should do everything we can to tend that heart so that word will plant in good soil and grow. But Jesus tells us of things that can happen to us when that word is sown. Our hearts might be hardened and the seed won't take root in that tire track of a heart where it's compacted. Or maybe we hear the word of God going through the cycles of our lives and we'll hear it and we'll go, yeah, I'm really on board. But all of a sudden, the first rattling of temptation the first time we're tested, that word, that seed begins to wither up and die. Or maybe we go along and we hear the word of God, but as soon as we get outside of the doors, glitter and pleasures and all the passions begin to get the best of us. And the word begins to wither up and die. When Christ sows His Word in your heart, how well is it tilled? Are you as attentive to your own heart as a farmer is to his field? Recognizing the fact that your livelihood, your heavenly existence in heaven with the Father, is dependent upon it. 
Are we preoccupied with tending the soil of our hearts? Or are we preoccupied with everything else? Or are our hearts hardened by anger? By the desire of revenge? Or how wanting justice because you've been offended? Or has this present situation we find ourselves in, a virus and the political, all the unrest that's going around, find ourselves being so shattered that our word of God is withering up in our hearts because of that? The first time we're shaken, we're dying. Do we have that trust in God? The only way a soil is going to be prepared is by working it. The only way our heart is going to be prepared to receive the Word of God that it will flourish is by working it. And that is doing all the things the church has taught us throughout the ages. The fathers have taught us. Simply doing what we know we need to do. Living that ascetical life. Living the sacramental life. Living the life of reading and immersing ourselves in Scriptures and getting to know the one who's trying to give himself to us. Our God is not a God who's keeping doing the thing, you know, always looking for damnation. I just can't wait to find somebody to damn. He's not doing that. God knows our challenges and our difficulties and our weaknesses, and it's precisely because of all those that He loves us. He doesn't wait for us to be perfect before He gives us His mercy. He doesn't wait for us to be perfect before He extends His love to us. He loves us in our messiness. That awareness alone should make us willing to trust in Him to do the things He's asked to do, not for fear of punishment, but we want to be loved. We want to experience that love. We are called to live a life of holiness. That should be our whole preoccupation. Our whole focus is where we are going. And to get there, we have to do all these daily things in our lives, which require us to put away the cares of everything else, all those things that kill the Word of God within us. And allow ourselves to be opened. Because the dirt that is able to be opened, able to receive the seed, is going to grow. A heart that is open and able to see, receive the Word of God is going to grow and going to bud and going to bear fruit. And that fruit is love. To experience that deep love that He has for us. A love that gives us conviction to endure all that we have to endure in our lives, in the good times as well as the bad times. But we have to be good farmers. We have to watch the cycle of our lives. Tend to it, like a farmer will tend to his crops. Always watching over it. Doing everything he can to protect it. And to give it all it needs so that that seed, when it's planted, will grow to fruition. 
and he will have an abundant harvest. We are called to do the same. Jesus is speaking to us right now by the power and action of this divine liturgy. He is trying to sow His Word into your heart, each and every one of you right now. He's indiscriminate of where you are in your state of life. He wants to give you His Word, His life, His love, Himself. His place in the heavenly kingdom. So let's don't get preoccupied like I was about worrying about checks and balances, make sure, you know, guy, I don't know. No, let's work for love. Let love be the motive by which we do all things. A love allows us to forgive, allows us to move on. Allows us to see someone homeless drinking here on the corner and being moved with such pity you pray for him because you want him to experience the love of God that you're experiencing. Knowing that he's got such great dignity as a human being, he just doesn't know it yet. Somebody didn't show it. Somewhere he got off track. But the seed was given to him as well. It was given to my angel Patrick when he comes. And to the woman of the streets who comes once in a while, tries to ask for something, the Word of God is being sown there too. But we can't give what we don't have. And if the Word of God isn't sown in our hearts, if there isn't love and compassion in our hearts, then we can't give it to anybody else. And that's where we will be judged, if you're looking for that. So let us tend to our hearts. What a perfect time to start putting away all the digital things, the, the meds, the, the mobile electronic devices, and start working on our spiritual life and our relationship with God. Let's start praying with conviction and stop worrying. Because we have a God that can accomplish all things if we allow Him to, if we open ourselves up to it. My father likes to watch what's happening on the farms and all the details that come with it. I like to watch, hap watch what's happening within our hearts and all the detail details of it. Because that farm will come and go and be no more. But us, we have a destiny greater. And that destiny will determine our life. It's on how we live our lives now. Let us be men and women of prayer, tending to our hearts, that it may bear much fruit. And if we're so care we're tending to our hearts, we won't be in a, in a position to judge anybody or to determine anybody's value or worth. We are called to be men and women of God. And we have to do everything in our power to live it and to express it. 
The world is dark and we know it. And I say it all the time, but we've got to shine. Oh, we've got to shine. We have got to grow and we've got to be fruitful and we've got to multiply. And so it has to be in our hearts. It has to be part of our very being, the part of the fabric of who we are. Don't lose the opportunity. Don't tromp on the seed when it tries to be planted in your heart by ignoring it or forgetting about it. The moment you walk out of the door here, get into your car and drive away. This is real life. Not what's on TV. Their only real life is a life, a Christian life. A man fully alive, as one of the saints said, I think it was Augustine. A full man fully alive is alive in God. Let us be alive. Let us live. But we've got to do it with love and joy. And to do that, we have to have a fruitful heart, a fertile heart, a heart opened to that word and respond to that openness in love. 